0: Hi, welcome back to Extraordinary Jews, episode two. This is Debbie Ginsberg, and I'm very excited to uh, be on 24-6 and to bring you some information about this amazing world of the neurodiverse population. So I guess one should always start at the beginning, and I'll be happy to share with you, how did I get here and who am I? So... <clears throat> Uh, Years ago, I was a professional organizer and uh, an Orthodox uh, woman had approached me to ask that I help her son who was diagnosed with ADHD. He was in college and he was struggling. He was struggling academically, but she was focused on the fact that he was disorganized, um, which was focusing on his executive function skills and his inability to be able to keep up with them. She asked if I would go to him and help him organize his dorm, which uh, I still chuckle over because of the fact that uh, it was an all-male college from college and uh, women are not allowed in the dorm. But um, somehow, I decided to call the dean of the college and ask if I could audit this young man's class. I literally had no idea what I was doing. I even told the mom that um, this is not an area of my expertise, but she asked me a few questions and she encouraged me and said, I think you have it in you to work with people who are neurodiverse. So the first thing I did was to look up the definition of neurodiverse to find out that today that's the appropriate term that is used for what was developmental disabilities and under the umbrella of neurodiverse comes things such as ADHD, autism spectrum disorder, autism itself, that was the original concept, autism, uh, people of anxiety, depression, dyslexia, learning disabilities, and more. And I went to his class, and literally, I say, it's Minha Shamayim. An entire curriculum ran through my head. I saw exactly what was wrong he was getting up going out he wasn't uh, focused he wasn't being called upon he wasn't he wasn't raising his hand participating in the college class program and he wasn't taking notes now i did look around most of the students and in, in all honesty were not taking notes i guess that's uh that was a common denominator but with him, I was a little concerned that if he didn't take notes, what would that mean in terms of his ability to study? As a C student, um, and he was falling behind, the objective in my mind was to obviously help him with his study skills and to get him to advance. So I would go to his college once a week, and to make a very long story short, sure <laughs> um, Uh, He graduated, I met him in, I think, October, uh, which was the fall, and then the following spring, he graduated, um, he advanced pretty quickly, and he graduated on Dean's List. His mom was floored, I was floored, yet I wasn't satisfied, and that was because I picked up on lots of things that were new to me. For instance, I needed to repeat myself to him all the time. Uh, although he happened to have had, and he possesses to this day, a great memory, he didn't have what we know as working memory. He wasn't able to apply his knowledge to uh, other aspects and of, of what needed to be known. And so therefore, I, being a curious person, started, to, started my journey in all of this. And I started to research what more could I offer him. I wouldn't take on more clients at the time. I was just fascinated by the field. And I started to s- discover things such as um, neurocognitive training, which is uh, basically brain games that are specific to help build focus and cognitive skills and help to regulate emotions. So once I had made contact with the manufacturer of this uh, system, I Asked the family, and they said, you know, use our son as a guinea pig, which is always great for somebody who's new in the field. From there, that company had encouraged me to learn learn about focus, to learn how to uh, give focus assessments. And I took a course in that, and I became credited, and that was fascinating. Because what the focus assessment was able to do, it was... uh, created by a scientist in South Africa. And what it was able to do was to identify exactly what was interfering with someone's ability to focus. Was it the fact that they could hear something and that would throw them, they see something, they would not focus, um, they're impulsive. And it would help me to determine just how long a period one could focus for. So we were able to do everything virtually, which really opened up the whole world to me. And I did that with this young man and he, who he originally had 50 seconds, that's all he could focus for was 50 seconds. We worked together for several years. Um, In the end, he was up to seven minutes. What he'll tell you to this day is that growth in his ability to focus for a longer period of time helped him to be able to hold a job and to begin a semicha program. So uh, as life would have it, he moved to Israel, and we then had to end our relationship. But thanks to this young man and to his mom and their encouragement, I kept going in my journey of self-study. It led me to take another course. I had read about a course which was called the NeuroChange Method, well, anything with the word "neuro" in front of it was fascinating to me because I was so pleased with the results of the neurocognitive training and what it was doing for my clients. We were able to actually have measurable results because after six months, we were able to give the focus assessment again and see how people changed. Um, and so I took—I decided to take this course that came out of Australia, although it was not designed. For the neurodiverse population, I was able to extrapolate the information and reformulated my curriculum. What I did then was took the clients that I had and I taught them the basics of this course. And that's where the word remarkable keeps coming up. It was remarkable to see the changes in my clients. They there was one young man who said to me, "I never want to leave my house." He was uh, he started with me. When he was about twenty. He's now twenty three. Um, and with his growth, with him learning these skill sets, he is now living independently. Uh, another client of mine who had a pretty poor sense of self esteem, and that was a tremendous obstacle. We worked on emotional regulation. To a great extent. And he's now um, a college graduate, and he's going on for more certificates after graduation, as well as he's working. There are many, many wonderful stories that I can share with you. And the most important part of this podcast is to give encouragement to families, to let you know that with the advances that the Evidence-based research from neuroscience and psychology that one can benefit greatly if they learn studies, if they learn certain skill sets to help them to manage their symptoms better. Um, and my purpose is to help the Jewish community destigmatize this labeling because the talent and the intelligence is just not known until people, you know, start talking about the fact that. Just because someone has a diagnosis, this does not mean that they don't possess something of great value that we can bring into the schools, the workplace, and certainly into families as we look at Shaduchim, and we'll talk about that. I am delighted by being in this particular period of time and to be a professional in this field and to help people and just so excited by what I'm seeing and more so because I'm able to help people to recognize their talents and to help them develop them so that they can feel wonderful about themselves and um, my daughter-in-law who is a neuropsychologist and I hope she'll be a guest on our show she was the one who encouraged me to really work on helping people to recognize, label, embrace their emotion. Because once we're able to get that obstacle, emotional dysregulation, once we're able to regulate the emotions and sort of put those obstacles on the side, you watch as people will just move forward and they achieve great goals. So the many things that fall under executive function disorder, time management, procrastination, overwhelm, well, those are related to emotional dysregulation. So once you are able to manage those emotions, you are able to open yourself up to fantastic rewards, personal achievements, and what I call you know, a fuller, richer, fulfilling life. So I look forward to sharing all of this with you, bringing some of my clients on, who will remain anonymous, of course, unless they want to identify themselves, um, professionals who will speak about it. And I ask my audience, please contact me if you'd like to be on the show. And I encourage people, don't hide from the possibility that someone in your family has a, has a symptomology that could be diagnosed as neurodiverse because education, being able to teach people these skill sets, being able to bridge the gap between the chronological age and their executive function age will help them be the best and help them reach what I call always their personal best. So here I am, Debbie Ginsberg, extraordinary Jews, the untold story of the neurodiverse population. Thank you.